Hello, everyone. This is Tommy. Welcome to the podcast. But before we move forward, please give us a like and a subscribe. That way we can continue to bring you amazing comic book content. All right. Our next guest is Brian Bow. Brian is the writer and creator of Wolf and Batsy. You've probably seen it or heard it before. It's been around since, uh, I think, 2008 timeframe. Um, but our conversation with Brian has gone into all kinds of different areas throughout his history. He has worked for Disney. He has worked for Hasbro. Um, he's done a lot. Wolf and Batsy has other books that he's written on how to draw, but Wolf and Batsy is the one that we're going to be spending most of our time today. Um, love the story. Love that relationship between both of them. Um, hopefully you have read it and you've enjoyed it too. Um, but without further ado, here is Brian and I. All right, everyone, enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. We have another fantastic guest. This time we're talking to Brian Bao. He is the writer and creator of Wolf and Batsy, but he's done a whole lot more. Brian, welcome, and thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Hey, glad to be here. Yeah, I'm glad you're here too, man. Uh, I know we had a little conversation going before I hit record, but man, you've accomplished quite a bit, and I would love to kind of go back in history and maybe talk about some of the awesome things that you've done. Sure, sure. So let, let's start, since uh, this is a comic book-themed uh, podcast, um, where did your uh, passion for comics start in your life? Oh my gosh. I mean, you know, being a little kid, I mean, I, yeah. as early as I can remember, I remember like my older cousin showing me like his Spider-Mans. This would have been when Romita was still drawing it, you know, and, you know, some of those issues. And I have blurry memories of that from early childhood. And then like, I remember the, the next big memory I have of comics was around the time I turned about nine years old. Um, uh, I started getting into like weird war tales mm. and house of mystery. And of course I, mean, I was just going to the seven 11 with my mom and yeah. you know, whatever cool comics were on the spinner rack. I'd, I'd say, can I get that one? You know, so random Spider-Man's random swamp things, random, you know, monster comics, any of those kind of things. Werewolf by night was a big one. Yeah. Uh, and then when I was, I remember this one, this, this, it really, I really got hooked probably when I was 10 because uh -huh. I remember 80, 1982, uh, the Creep Show comic book came out, uh, written by Stephen King, drawn by Bernie Wrightson. Yeah, yeah. Introduced me to George Romero, Tom Savini, <laughs> like the whole crew. Like, like that. That really grabbed me. Uh, and, and that was, and also there was a an issue of Weird War Tales that I had that I read probably a million times. It was Weird, Weird War Tales issue one hundred. Really, with, with the creature commandos. <laughs> creature commandos, man. Yeah, I read that one to death. Where they're fighting Nazis on a on a prehistoric island with dinosaurs. So, <laughs> so it was it was everything a growing boy needs, you know. <laughs> exactly, like three different books and just put it all together. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I I, re I read that comic a million times. So, so you know that those were my early comic book things, and then probably probably junior high was when I really turned into a real it turned into an addiction, you know, <laughs> I, I, I got into fury of firestorm of all things. Yeah. I loved firestorm. I don't know why something about that. I dug that yellow and red costume, you know, yeah, and the fire coming out of his head. <laughs> I got hooked. Costume. Yeah. I got hooked on that comic and it was like, man, I want to get every issue and find out what happens to him next, you know? Yeah. And then I started doing that with other superheroes. I liked like Spider-Man and, you know, werewolf by night. And then, yeah. So that was really, that was really when I got hooked. The yeah. Wolverine miniseries, the Frank Miller miniseries of Wolverine came out. Yeah. That's when I kind of discovered Wolverine and found out who he was. And that got me into the X-Men, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so it was, um, you know how that happens. It, Domino effects, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
then you're doing chores and trying to figure out how to get as much money as possible for the next. Oh week. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I want, I mowed like three lawns a week just to make enough allowance to go to the comic <laughs> book store and burn it all on comics exactly. every week. Savage sort of Conan was a big one for oh, me. Yeah. yeah. All that, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Did you have a comic book <laughs> store close to your house or. Oh, I was so very, cool. very fortunate. Um, so uh, cool. We had a terrific store uh, in, in, I grew up in a little town called Fairborn, Ohio, <laughs> and uh, we had a great store there called the Bookery Fantasy. Oh, cool. And it was the first real comic book store I ever went to yeah. um, where they had the new stuff. They also had uh, the back issue bins. That's the first time I'd ever seen that. That blew my mind as a kid because I grew up thinking if you didn't get it on the spinner rack at the grocery store, it was gone forever. I had yeah. I just never imagined that you could still get them. So to see back issue bins for the first time was huge. And right around that same time, um, the uh, the nineteen eighty six uh, black and white independent low press comics boom happened, yeah, and then yeah. it was like Caliber Press with Dead yeah. World and Baker Street and The Crow. Yeah, I was getting all and Gore Shriek. I was getting all that stuff. And we had another comic book store in the next town over, Yellow Springs, Ohio, had a store called Dark Dark Star Comics, mm. which was a great fantasy book and comic book store and Crazily enough, both of those stores are still there today. Are you? I was going to ask, are they still there? That's crazy. I mean, it is crazy. You don't hear that very often. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, They're both still, yeah, still around. That's amazing. Yeah. So have you, are you close enough to uh, go back to those stores or you haven't been back in a long time? I am now. I nice. just, <laughs> yeah, I just, I just recently moved back to Ohio after living in California for 23 years. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That well, it makes sense to all the listeners once we get into that section of your life as to why you were in California. <laughs> but, uh, that is so cool. Have you gone back uh, over the last few weeks since you've been um, back in Ohio? Um, not yet, not yet. Yeah. I have driven. I well, when I when I moved back to Ohio, you know, I'm coming back and visiting my parents' house, and there are boxes of comics that I haven't looked at since high school in the basement. <laughs> so, so I am. I've got more comics plus the ones I brought with me that I bought. You know. When, so, so I, uh, I've got more comics than I can, <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got plenty to go through before I'm going to need to buy any new ones. <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. I mean, what a great experience to have a comic book store. Cause you know, that's one of the questions that we ask uh, mm -hmm. for everyone. And I would say maybe 10% grew up in a, a neighborhood or a town that actually had a comic book store, right? So mm -hmm. it's a spinner rack, but then you have to search for wherever that next uh, mm -hmm. store is, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I believe me. I plan to go back there eventually. I just uh, haven't got around to it yet, but I will. I will. You need to see how many hands it's been changed, mm -hmm. or, or if they're the original folks. That's yeah, in it. that'd be really cool. Yeah, I know one of the man. One of the guys passed away. I know one of them is still there. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for. I, I just know if I go into any of these stores, I'm not getting out alive. I'm going to be spending money. <laughs> I'm trying to save money right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that makes it difficult for sure. That makes it difficult. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, Brian, let's let's kind of dig into your professional career because uh, as I was doing a little searching about you, I saw that you are a storyboard artist and you've worked on some pretty cool stuff. I thought maybe we would start at the beginning of your career. I believe it started with Disney, right? No, um, started oh. with Sony, Sony Animation. Oh, Sony um, Animation, awesome. Yeah, uh, I I. I went to art school in Columbus, Ohio, okay. got out of art school. I spent about two more years in Ohio trying to get into the indie comics yeah. scene. Uh, that was uh, early 90s. So you're the image era, you know, yeah. um, and it just didn't happen. Yeah. So I got so it's a long story, but I, I 
I, I, I got an opportunity to go to Southern California and, and house sit for a relative who lived out there in Santa Monica. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically she said, uh, well, you know, come out to LA. There's all kinds of stuff out there and see what's, see what's there and see if there's any opportunities for you there. So, so I said, okay, why not? I was 24. I wasn't married yet. I didn't have any attachments. It was like, why not? <laughs> Might as well try it. So, so I went out to California uh, stayed with her at her house for a few months and then, and eventually got an apartment and just started looking around. And very quickly, I, I found, uh, uh, some book illustration, children's book publishers, okay. um, out there that I did some work for. And eventually I found out about, uh, TV animation oh. and, 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 uh, it took about two years of trying and trying and trying, but eventually I did get a break. Um, Sony animation was the one that called, wow. um, and they were, it was May 1999. They were starting up a animated TV series based on the movie uh, Starship Troopers. Oh wow! It was a series called Roughnecks: The Starship Troopers Chronicles, and uh, they were just having a cattle call. They just needed people. <laughs> so, so I was one of the lucky ones that had been banging on the door for months, you know, or over a year or something. And you know, they liked one of my tests that I did, and because you had to do tests in those days, and I think I passed four of them before they actually had an opening. Really. Um, yeah, and then they called me out of the blue one day and 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 asked me to come in work on the show. So so that was how it started, and I stayed at Sony Animation for a while up until about 2005. Yeah, and I worked on a whole bunch of shows there. Yeah, um, did you Men have a Men Sorry, go ahead. No, did you, did you have a favorite show? Um, well, Roughnecks, the Starship Troopers Chronicles was a <laughs> lot of fun because it was my first job. Yeah. in animation and it was a chance to draw you know aliens and giant bugs and <laughs> laser battles and things like that and that's pretty but cool. but um it only lasted like one season unfortunately um and and then i worked on um well i worked on men in black i worked on harold and the purple crayon um i worked on a show for uh david spade and i don't know if adam sandler was involved in that one he was involved in a couple of them there but but david spade was running it and uh worked on it for like a year and then we were all done with it and it was about to hit the air and the head of Sony pulled the plug on it and it vanished and it's never been released. Um, spent a year on that. <laughs> then I, <laughs> then, uh, then, um, Oh, Jackie Chan adventures. Oh yeah. I remember that. Uh, paid the bills for a long time. I, I worked on three seasons out of five, I believe they had of that. So that was a good, that was a good time. So, um, and then the last show I worked on was boondocks. Mm. season one yeah which was kind of a uh which has become kind of legendary in the animation business for being kind of a troubled production <laughs> and, really? and then and then and then what yeah and then what happened was so i was not real happy uh yeah. by that point and and uh and then what happened was one of the producers who had been at sony a long time uh went off to disney mm. to start a new tigger and Pooh show and he basically just invited all the people that he liked to come yeah. with him. <laughs> and I was very lucky to be one of those people. Nice. So that was, that was 2005. And I went over there and started working at Disney um, at the Frank G. Wells building right on the Disney lot. Um, we walked by Walt Disney's office every day to go to lunch. It was That's awesome. pretty cool. Um, but it was a whole, that was like dying and going to heaven. Because, <laughs> yeah. because it was like, just walking around at work it was like wow people in animation actually smile at you like they're happy and they, they like their jobs <laughs> it was a real change and uh, for the better for me yeah but, yeah but that was a great time working on tigger and Pooh. 
probably the one of the best animation jobs I've had. I really loved it. Yeah. And you were saying earlier that it was two seasons. Yes, Tigger and Pooh went for two seasons. That's so and cool. I got to work in between too because Oh really? Um yeah, the uh one thing that they were doing, I don't know if they still do this. I know that they were then, but but Disney would do this thing where they would have artists illustrate like almost like a children's book uh-huh. of each episode. And then they would take them to elementary schools and read them to the little kids. Oh, cool. Um, as a way of testing the story and seeing how the kids react. Oh wow. And then they would make changes to the script based on based on how the kids reacted. So so we we did season one of Tigger and Pooh, and then there was a long stretch of downtime between season one and two. And I was very fortunate again there. The line producer really liked me. And and she said, you know what? We need somebody to do these uh, children's books to test the scripts for season two. And she knew that I'd done some children's book illustration before I got into animation. So she asked me if I'd do it. And I spent about six or eight months doing that in between. And then, and then we did season two. So, so it was about three solid years on Tigger and Pooh for me. That's cool. Was it a nice break? Because I'm sure the process is completely different from doing storyboard artists. Doing <laughs> no. Or no? No. Because the schedule was breakneck. It was like you had to oh. you had to do one book a week. Wow. A week? Yeah. A book. <laughs> yeah. It start, I think it started out where they were giving me about two and a half weeks, and then it got shorter and shorter and shorter the closer we got to the start of season two. Yeah. So I was knocking out like 20 illustrate, 15 to 20 illustrations a week, full wow. color of the characters to do these little stories. Yeah. It was madness. Yeah. But yeah, it kept me, you know, kept me employed and I was happy that they thought of me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what a great experience to be able to work for Disney too. Yeah. Especially at that time. Right. Because I mean, mm-hmm. Saturday morning cartoons was, I'm thinking mm-hmm. still huge at that time. Like now, I mean, my kids are older. I don't even know if they have Saturday morning cartoons like they did when we grew up. And when I grew right. up, I mean, you got up at six in the morning. Yeah. And you started, well, I mean, I was G.I. Joe. I never missed G.I. Joe, He-Man, right? Yep. Go through all this list, right? Um, all the way until I was really probably in junior high. I was still yeah. watching Saturday morning because I had to see G.I. Joe and mm-hmm. whatever else was going on. So Dungeons and Dragons, that was my Dungeons and one. Dragons, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How cool is that, man? Yeah. So outside of Winnie the Pooh, was there anything else that you did at Disney as far as storyboard art? Um. Okay, not that time. I've worked for Disney on two different occasions. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Um, so uh, yeah, so when 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 Tigger and Pooh ended, oh, what did I do next? <laughs> it all blurs together after a few yeah. years. But but um, uh, I know I did something else in between. But eventually, I went to Hasbro. You know, we had uh, Transformers Prime. Okay, that was yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> Interestingly enough. Yeah. The same the same producer who took me to Disney to do Tigger and Pooh <laughs> left after they ended that series and he started from the ground up this was pretty cool he started from the ground up a new animation studio at Hasbro um the Hasbro toy company uh-huh. um he basically built their animation studio out from the ground up and oh, cool. and I and some of my friends were fortunate enough to be uh invited onto that so the very first show they they did two shows to start with they did um a gi joe show i don't remember the exact title of it i wasn't on that one and then and then the other one was transformers prime yeah and that's what i was on and that was a blast was it (laughs) yeah and it went for about three seasons yeah and then we did spinoff shows i was at hasbro for a long long time yeah yeah i mean i will tell you one of the most emotional movies i ever saw was transformers the movie (laughs) 
Chris Prime died, I cried. I don't know how old I was, but it was devastating to me. Man. Right. I almost couldn't take it. I think I don't think I was the same for a couple of weeks after. Until at the time it was WWF, but I mean, I think wrestling helped me get out of that little uh, thing. That right, right, right. <laughs> can I can I tell you my favorite um, oh, tra- Transformers Prime story? <laughs> yes, please. That would be awesome. So, well, I got two actually, but I'll, uh-huh. here's my favorite one. Um, so uh, there was one day where they had the voice cast come to the animation studio to meet all of us. Yeah. And of course, Peter Cullen is the the guy that's done the voice of Optimus Prime forever. So he's a legend. So all these other animation people that I work with were all like freaking out, like Peter Cullen's going to be here. But (laughs) I was freaking out because one of our voice actors was Jeffrey Combs, Uh who I love for his horror movies, Uh Reanimator and From Beyond. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so so i was freaking out going oh my gosh like jeffrey combs is gonna be here so so he so so we all these people came and and we got to meet him and and uh the producer was kind of poking fun my director was poking fun at me he, he told uh jeffrey combs he's like this guy's been dying to meet you because of your horror movies and uh and jeffrey combs was so cool he was like one of those celebrities where he acts like it's his pleasure to meet you you know cool. he couldn't be a nicer guy and Somehow we got talking. I don't even remember how it came up, but I I mentioned that we were house hunting, yeah. and and then my director who knew knows he's like just trying to get us talking. He's like he's like yeah he lives in the same area where you do, uh, and and turns out Jeffrey Combs lived not far from me, and he started giving me real estate advice for our area. <laughs> we end up we end up he sat down in my cubicle and we end up talking for like an hour about real estate. <laughs> and I completely forgot he was the reanimator. I completely forgot yeah. all that. And after after it was all over, we were ta- just talking so long, for, like normal people. After he left, I was just sort of like, "Oh my gosh, I just got like an hour's worth of real estate advice from the reanimator." <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man! Yeah, that was that was that was a pretty cool memory. <laughs> what was the second? You said there was two. Well, the other one was, uh, um, a lot of the people who worked on the show, you know, we all knew each other pretty well, each other's strengths and weaknesses, and <laughs> they all knew I was a horror guy. So yeah. my director, my director was cool enough to give me a lot of bad guy scenes. Nice. And uh, and uh, probably my favorite scene I got to do was a scene where where uh, these evil scientists capture one of the big robots and they strap him down, and uh, they walk up on top of him and they bring a drill press down and put it in his eye. <laughs> <laughs> Drill his eye out, and since it's all mechanical, they could get away with it. There was no blood, yeah. so, so they There's gave no me blood, that. Right? Yeah, so they gave me that scene to do. And the funny thing was, the main scientist that he had all this dialogue, like, "Oh, I'm going to do this," and blah blah blah. But they designed him with these cool goggles. And I asked my director, I said, "You know, it would be really cool. Can we take away all his dialogue and just put him in the shadows and just have his eyes reflecting the light? So just his glasses. So he just walks up in front of the guy and he's just staring at him in shadow as this dark figure with these kind of." glowing goggles yeah. and he doesn't say anything but then he brings the drill down and i can't believe they let me have my way but they're like you know what that is creepy take away all the dialogue <laughs> and i got right to do that the right man for this job <laughs> yeah. so i got to do that scene my way i was like i'm so proud of that like wow they listened to a storyboard artist and <laughs> that dialogue out of the script that never happens anyway that That's was so cool so those are my two favorite moments from that show <laughs> That's pretty awesome, man. Did you uh, did you get to work on a transformer that was your favorite, or you probably just did all of them, right? As a you know, it's funny. Every time you work, every time you work on an animated series, I find um, 
there's always one character that you like feel possessive of. Like yeah. as you're learning to draw the different characters, there's one character that you just sort of gravitate to and that becomes my guy, you know? And like, yeah. like I can draw the other guys, but when I have a scene with that guy, I really just make a meal out of it. <laughs> like on Tigger and Pooh, it was Tigger. Yeah. yeah. And Rabbit. Oh, really? Yeah. I was really good at Tigger and Rabbit. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so on Transformers Prime, it was Ratchet, who was the good guy robot that Jeffrey Combs did the voice for. Uh -huh. I really gravitated to that character. And then, and it's funny because I was never a big fan of this character in the old show when I was young, mm -hmm. but Starscream. Really? Yeah, the version of Starscream that they had on, on Transformers Prime was super sinister. Yeah, yeah. Like they made him all wiry and skinny <laughs> and he had this evil voice and the, the voice actor who did his voice was fantastic. And and uh, I don't know why, they gave me a lot of scenes with him. And and I and I uh, I just had a, I had a blast with that character, making yeah. him do all these creepy things because he had these long skinny fingers and oh, and I did get to draw um Soundwave's death scene. No way. Yeah, they they had a sort of sort of pseudo death scene. Yeah, they, yeah. They opened up two teleportation portals and he gets split in half and stretched between them. Oh. And so so I, they gave me that scene, so I got to do Soundwave's. Yes. I have a feeling they're like, I think this is another job for Brian. Yeah. <laughs> I get a lot of scenes like that. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, growing up such a, a huge horror fan and being gravitated to those comic books early on and then becoming a storyboard artist for um, Sony and then Disney, there was like this gap, at least in your career, unless you were making up for it outside of it with comic books. But how did you maintain that passion for horror when you're doing these other things most of your time that is not horror related obviously you have those two examples where right, you right. bring something in but uh was it just outside of that you were still doing your own drawings is this when you started to, to develop wolf and batsy a little bit like when through all of this did that start to take place because i have to feel like that burning was there because that's a passion of yours and you had to release it somewhere right yeah, I mean, um, making my own comics on the side was kind of just a way of keeping art fun. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, because, I mean, we all get into this job drawing for a living because we want, you know, when we were little kids, we were just always drawing and didn't want to do real work. <laughs> so, 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 uh, so uh, when I broke into animation at Sony in 1999, and all of a sudden drawing was my job and I had to draw what other people told me to draw. It's like, I really needed that outlet to keep drawing play. Yeah. Fun, you know, right? to, so it still feels like recess, you know, <laughs> on the side. <laughs> and, uh, and I actually came up with Wolf and Batsy in December, 1999. Oh, wow. Yeah. After I'd been at Sony for a while. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I came up with the characters back then started writing the first few stories, but I was totally doing it on the side of my day job. Yeah. It's always been on the side of my day job, you know? Yeah. Um, but so, you know, I make them pretty slowly, but it took a while, you know, but, but, uh, but it, it keeps art fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So That's so cool. So you started to create the character development. You started to create some of the storylines in 1999 forward. By accident. By accident. Really? What do you mean by accident? Wolf and Batsy were born by accident, pretty much. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, you're just doodling and just kind of all of a sudden, like, wow, this looks like could be pretty something. much. As a as a kid, I always had this idea. I would love to do a comic book about a werewolf. Yeah. Uh -huh. But I never had a story angle. Yeah. You know, every idea I had felt like a ripoff of the Wolfman or Werewolf by Night. Um, but I was always turning this around in the back of my brain, and I was drawing other little comics and stuff too. You know, I had other 
stories and series that I did, you know, on the side of school or whatever and college and things like that. But I always had this thing. I wanted to do a werewolf, but I just didn't have an angle. And I swear it was like December of 99. We're creeping up on Christmas 2000, whenever the year turned over there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was just at home one night sketching monsters, you know, which is what I used to do when I had free time before my before I got married and <laughs> had a kid. <laughs> so, so I was like, uh, just sketching monsters one night. And one of the drawings I happened to knock out was a little sketch of a female vampire. And I gave her some little funny idiosyncrasies that made her unique and different from, you know, and it, it was one of those things where, you know, you can draw a thousand zombies or whatever and this or that, but every now and then there'll be that one drawing that just jumps out at you and, and kind of says, Hey, I'm a character, you know? Yeah. And for the next few days, I just found myself wanting to draw that female vampire again. Yeah, yeah. And and at some point, it because I like to make comics, not just drawings. Yeah. Something clicked in my brain that made me go, I want to make a story about her. Yeah. But what's my story going to be? And then in the next click was, oh, I could team her up with my werewolf. <laughs> that I've always wanted to do and do their adventures as they travel and wander the earth looking for a place to call home. Yeah. And then the stories are just whatever adventures they get into on the way. Yeah, because they're constantly traveling from city to city, right? Dude. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. They, they don't have a place they call home, right? So they're constantly right. trying to figure out how to stay incognito. Yeah. But then something always takes place that draws them out. And then all of a yeah. sudden, they got to be on the move again, right? Right. Well, yeah. a lot of times that's Batsy's fault. Because yeah, even yeah. even though she's a vampire, she's a little people person, yeah, <laughs> like a little people sure. pleaser. She's the nice girl, even though she's a vampire. <laughs> exactly. So, she, yeah. so whenever they run into sympathetic monsters or sympathetic humans yeah. who have a problem, as long as she's you know fed on blood and she's not you know hungry for anybody, yeah. she, she, <laughs> she that could be an issue, right? Either yeah. I'm going to help you or I'm going to eat you. I mean, right, right. <laughs> but as long if, as long as she meets a human that she likes, yeah, yeah. And that person has a problem. Her instinct is, yeah, is she wants to help. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And and the werewolf wolf, he's always the one that's saying, you know, let's mind our own business, you know. Yeah. <laughs> let's, and 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 she always drags him into it, and then he always regrets it because it always leads to some yeah. crazy adventure. Yeah, yeah, and he has to step <laughs> in sometimes, right? And then he's noticed, and yeah, of course. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so you know, here is cover one. Um, so in 1999, um, how long did it take before you actually, because I'm assuming, right, you're, you're doodling, you're, you're making adjustments constantly until you get to a point where this is Wolf, this is Batsy, yeah. this is what the characters look like. Yeah. From 1999 to where it is to this, how long did it take you to where you came to like a final rendition of what they were going to look like? Well, I figured out what the characters look like pretty fast. Oh, okay. Uh, um, yeah. um, and I started drawing the stories. Oh, and okay. I and I spent the next 20 years drawing the stories pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> From like 2000, whenever I started, 2001, 2002, something like that, all the way up until 2017 when our baby was born. And then I stopped. Yeah. And then and then in 2021, Peter Samedi from Alternative Comics. Yeah wants to put it out as a series so then i was like okay so then we were basically taking all the old material that i was doing on the side of my job i had i had self-published yeah i saw that you had yeah before right yeah yeah i, I had self-published editions of them before but it was so small time and it was just me doing whatever i could afford to do by myself you know <laughs> you know with yeah. i wasn't even this was before crowdfunding was even popular it was yeah. like 2008 
So, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I was just like paying for it out of money off the side of my day job or whatever. And, yeah. and, uh, had a very small loyal following, you know, but it wasn't anything. And, but then in 2021, when, uh, Peter Samedi wanted to pick it up, um, it was sort of like, well, let's just take all the old stories and just reprint them in order yeah. and break them up into comic book issue size to make it an ongoing series. And then the one thing he asked me to do was, can you make up a couple new stories to sort of squeeze in between the old stories? Yeah. yeah. So that there's something new for old readers too. Yeah. And and so that's what we're doing now. So yeah. Cool, <laughs> so the so first six, it, the first six issues is really the old stuff. Oh, is it? So it's yeah. seven when you have uh, like a new story come in? Issue seven is is uh is is the first full issue that's a brand new story. How fun was that to go back and then create a new story? Or did you already have a story that you used? That was super satisfying because yeah. because the thing is the thing is um basically I had done three well, I'd done basically four story arcs. Okay. Um that were all kind of long. But the whole time I was working on them, and those were kind of like my important stories, you know, these are like my big ideas I got to get out. And the whole time, of course, I'd come up with these little short stories on the side and I'd write them down, but I'm not good at like overlapping and doing two projects at the same time. Something always ends up suffering or not getting finished. Yeah. So I'd write these little short stories and I'd be like, I love that. I want to draw that so much, but priorities, I'm doing my big long story right now. So I'd yeah. set that aside. So I have a folder full of, little short wolf and batsy stories that I just didn't have time to get to until now. How cool. So now I'm just going back through them and some of them are 10 years old, you know, but <laughs> I still like the ideas and yeah. so that's some of what I'm using for material for some of the new stories. Sure. I mean, it's going to be new to most people, right? That Yeah. Day. Well, it'll be new to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm making, I'm making, these, yeah. These weren't even part of that first arc that no. you published on. Oh, wow. How cool. No. I mean, it's no. kind of nice to have all these already kind of done too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it allows me to stay ahead of schedule. I'm doing little. I'm doing new things for the alternative version. Yeah. Um, I went through all the pages and rescanned everything. Okay. Um, just to make sure I had the most up to date, nice scan. I because when I way back when I did the first edition, I had a cheaper, older scanner, and yeah, yeah. I got a better one now. So I rescanned everything. I all the covers for the alternative version are brand new. Oh, so Old, all of these are redone. Yeah. All all the covers are new. Um, designs, everything from yeah, drawn in 2021 to now. Yeah. Um, and the inside contents are the old stories. Yeah. Um, and, and in certain places I have made a few adjustments to the art. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go overboard doing yeah. that, but but here and there where there were sore spots just because the art was so old and yeah, yeah. You know, I <laughs> you know, I just polished some things. So yeah. So there's some it's it's still a new version. Yeah. Um yeah. It was pretty awesome. I mean, that is so cool. So right now you could go to alternate comics and you could pick up issues one through seven. Yes. And then right now, as we speak, there is an Indiegogo that uh, is what Peter would call his August groupings of yeah. comics that are available. Um, and right now you have issues eight and nine. That's part of that grouping. So people could go yeah. to Indiegogo right now, just look up Alterna and they could pick up that grouping. What I, one of the things why I love Alterna comics is one, not only is the content, the art, everything really good, but I mean, where do you find a comic book for $1.99 anymore? Yeah. Like, it's incredible. So not only are you getting an amazing comic book, an amazing story with incredible art, but you don't <laughs> have to spend a ton of money. So, I mean, you know, I, I go to, I, I, I go to Indiegogo or Kickstarter all the time. And if I like a comic, I'll get it. But a lot of times it's 25 bucks for one comic. Yeah. 
eighteen dollars or something like that. You can pick up the entire August line. Let's see if oh, I can that. get these. I've got there's the there's one. one. Uh, how cool! She's pulling out her eyeball. <laughs> You'll have to read that story to know, yep. know why that makes sense. I actually have. I have it digitally on two. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Got some corpses in this one. That's that's three. Yeah, this is yeah. Here's four. four. Yeah, so awesome. Five with the mad scientists. <laughs> it is hair. Is his head being held together by like a shoestring or something? What is that? Uh, he did surgery on his own head. <laughs> All right, no more. I have to read that. I haven't got that far yet. <laughs> so that's how well he stitched it together. You can kind of see his brain in there, exactly. <laughs> if you look close, and then there's uh his greatest creation. Oh wow. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. So, so, uh, so, so that's issues one through six. Yeah, uh, we have not. I don't have seven yet. Okay, Peter will be shipping those out soon. I, re, I understand he just received them from the printer, so they're going out now. I believe he's fulfilling issue seven. Yep. Uh, um, yeah, and so and so currently we have a pre-order campaign for issues eight and nine simultaneously. Yeah, and this is a brand. This is a brand new story arc. Nice. Yeah, yeah, and and it's a it's an old story that I wrote a long time ago, but I all I had was the written story. This is, I was able to take it and draw it, and it's four issues. But we're releasing the first two together, nice. so you get the first half of it right away. Um, yeah, and you can pre-order it at alternatecomics.com also, yeah, and or, or or at in, or at Indiegogo. Yeah, um, yeah and uh, it's it's one that it's it's a fun one. It's got some it's got some film noir. Yeah. Touches to it. it has a, there's a detective involved and uh, a mystery, cool. um, but then at the end it just goes insane with the yeah. monster insanity. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So how did what I, what I would like to go back is to 2021. Yeah, and Peter wants to pick up Wolf and Batsy. Did you and Peter already know each other, or did he read it? He's like, I would love to, you know, publish that. Like, how did that all work out between you and Pete? It's kind of funny. Um. Uh, I don't even remember how, okay. So on Twitter, you know, there was always a lot, there was always a lot of comic book industry drama, Yeah, especially, yeah. especially from like 2016 up until recently. Right. Yeah. So, um, excuse me. Um, at some point there was some kerfuffle or something happened on there and, yeah. and Peter was a very prominent voice on there. And, and I, admired his books, you know, just as a fan, you know, for a long time. I I, I was especially drawn to um Blood Realm by yeah, Robert Ger Geronimo. That Geronimo, yeah. As a as a horror title, I mean that one really grabbed my eye. Yeah. Um and I had ordered those and uh and uh, so I thought, man, you know, Alternate would be a great home for Wolf and Batsy, but by that point I was pretty much content to just be a self-publisher. I just assumed that eh you know, yeah. <laughs> my books are too weird. Nobody will ever publish them except me. So, so uh, I wasn't even, I thought, man, Alterna would be a great home for my stuff, but yeah. I didn't even think it would, I didn't even consider it a reality. Right. Um, yeah. um, but, uh, you know, every now and then when, it, when, you know, Peter was a very prominent voice on Twitter, whenever some of these controversies would arise, he would have an opinion and, yeah. you know, people would go back and forth sometimes. And I'm, I remember I always kind of felt like I agreed with a lot of his points and yeah, I was always kind of one of the, my memory as being one of the people who would always kind of drop a comment that would say, Hey, Peter, you know, <laughs> you know, or, or I, I agree with you. You're right about this. So I would yeah. say something like that or, 
Um, so, so there was always, and plus I was always promoting my own trade paperbacks, my own self-published Wolf and Batsy stuff on there anyway. So I don't know if he had an awareness of me sort of from that, Probably. but we didn't, but we didn't know each other. Okay. And then the, mo then the most ironic thing happened. It must've been 2020. Uh -huh. Good friend of mine, Josh Howard, who I've known since 2005. Mm -hmm. Um, he's a fellow comic book creator. He did dead at 17 and T-Bird and Throttle. Oh, T-Bird and Throttle, yeah. That, Alter um, Alterna picks up T-Bird and Throttle. Yeah. <laughs> and Josh was all happy and excited. And I, I also like excited for him. And I was like, man, that's awesome. Because I've always thought Alterna was a cool company. And yeah. And uh so so his his book starts coming out and everything. And and then lo and behold, I don't remember when it was, but it must have been around it must have been like December 2020 or January 2021, I think some another one of those little controversies arose or something or maybe peter had something where one of his printers i know he went through a bunch of printers before he found the printer he liked and i think there was one time where he had a printer that kind of dropped the ball on him or something and he made it made a statement on there about about how oh man this is the worst thing that can happen to a publisher now i gotta find a new printer fast and he was just kind of frustrated and i think i sent him a little comment that said i said hey man you know <laughs> hang in there or something like that you know yeah. just a word of support something like that and uh, he turned around and sent me a direct message and said, said, hey, uh, do you have any comics that you'd like to publish through us? And I remember him saying, it'd be really fun to have some of your stuff here. Oh, cool. And that, that was the line that made me go, wow, really? Yeah. And uh, and uh, so I I think I was working full time on some animation show, some animated show at that time. And I had a full time, very uh, demanding storyboard job and I didn't have time to really make anything new. Yeah. So I kind of I kind of wrote him back and I said, uh, I said, um, uh, well, you know, the one thing I've got is all this Wolf and Batsy material. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it. So I I sent him the trade paperbacks so he could look at him himself and see all the stories and get an idea what he was getting himself into. <laughs> and uh, in the meantime, I'm I'm texting with Josh Howard, my buddy, and I'm like, I'm like, look at this. Check it out. Peter Sometti likes my stuff, <laughs> and 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 Josh was like, yeah, you know, like he was excited for me too, and nice. like maybe this will, maybe this will be because Josh has watched me try to pitch Wolf and Batsy to different places and just have everybody just blow it off, you know. So he knows how hard I've been or how much I wanted something like this to happen. Yeah. So so he was rooting for me, and lo and behold, uh, Peter liked Wolf and Batsy. He said, yeah, that'd be a good one to have here, and and we got talking about seriously like putting it out and how to do it and how to schedule it and everything. And and the whole time, the best part is the whole time he never had any idea me and Josh were friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's got to be even more satisfying, though, right? Because yeah. it had nothing to do with Josh. He saw yeah. Batsy. He yeah. really enjoyed it. He saw the value in it. So I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, as a creator, that's got to feel pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. That was really nice. Awesome, <laughs> so cool. So we got uh, man issues one through seven. We have um, eight and nine coming. Mm -hmm. When we see like 10 and beyond, is, is that going to be more of a 2024 thing, you think? Um, it depends on how Peter schedules the yeah. releases. Um, yeah. I believe he said he wanted to take a little break for the summer. Um, okay. Not not immediately, because in the past we've been like, you know, every uh, crowdfunding campaign has been like, you know, one after the other yeah. immediately. Yeah. Um, and I believe he said he wanted to take a month off this time or something. Just have a little break in between. So I think then I think 10, we haven't really talked about if 10 and 11 are going to come out simultaneously, like eight and nine did. It yeah. might just be 10. I'm not sure yet. 
that mm-hmm. hasn't that decision hasn't been made yet. But yeah, yeah. I assume October. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but well. don't take my word for it. Ask Pete. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he does such a great job on social media to let everyone know yeah. Indiegogo and the um the alterna dot um, you know, crowdfunding starts to take place. So we'll, yeah. if you love alterna comics, which you should, um, just because of everything you get. Also, the other thing that I really love about it is that uh newspaper feel. Yeah. I mean yeah, the nostalgia, right? That you feel um especially mm-hmm. if you're older like this is all my comic books look exactly like this growing up but yeah yeah uh, maybe i'll sneak in a, a couple pages here just to let people know but i mean the quality is incredible the feel of the paper just brings back a lot of memories the cost is right and you get amazing stories like wolf and batsy it's awesome absolutely love it absolutely. yeah i'm really proud of it i mean it's kind of a the format itself is almost a dream come true for me because like i was talking about earlier when i said uh I, I collected Caliber Press comics when I was a teenager. Oh. Uh, De- Dead World and Baker Street and The Crow. All those comics were printed exactly the way these are. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. They had the they were black and white newsprint interiors uh-huh. with the slick covers, <clears throat> and these comics that Alterna is putting out now they feel exactly the same. They do, but but I mean back then as a teenager I was like I I wanted to be in Caliber Press so bad. Yeah, I can't, I can't even tell you. That was like my dream when I was like 17. I was like, oh, I want to have a book with Caliber. Yeah. And uh, and uh, and now here it's like I've got my own little comic book coming out and it's the exact same format. It feels exactly like one of those. So yeah. it really is a it really is quite a gift. I have to say I'm very thankful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you should be. It's I don't know. I enjoy it. So I'm. <laughs> I'm a fan. <laughs> I love the artwork and the storylines are incredible. So thank you. Thank you. Being able to put something together that I think is uh, amazing quality. So if you <laughs> love uh, horror, um, there's some comedy too. So it's not all just yeah. horror. There's a little funny twist to everything, which I also love. You really start <laughs> to make connections um, with the the main characters, the two characters. And uh, I don't know. It's, there's, it's well done. Well done. I, it's, it, 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 I don't know if it's accurate to say there's an intentional goofiness. Yeah, yeah, because I don't I don't try to make it goofy. I think I just kind of am goofy. <laughs> um, but I, I just like I watch I love old like exploitation horror movies and, you know, <laughs> B movies and monster movies. And it's like yeah. and, and there's just that natural cheesiness that's in those movies. For sure. Yeah. The way they're written and stuff like that. So it's like when I'm writing dialogue, it just kind of comes out <laughs> sounding like that or some of the weird decisions the characters make. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just kind of it has that demented uh horror movie logic to it (laughs) so i think it's kind of funny but it's like you know it it, i don't know just having fun reminds me of that geico commercial where uh it's the chainsaw massacre yeah i don't know if you've seen it but they're in a car and they leave the car running or the car is running and they're out there like where should we go and like there's a running car and like no let's go behind the chainsaws hanging from a street (laughs) so they all go behind you like (laughs) such an over exaggeration of like those 80s 70s and 80s horror movies right you're like absolutely doing (laughs) (laughs) it's like like every decision is always made to just Create another excuse for horror, you know? <laughs> exactly. exactly. And I, I will say, when horror does take place, it's it's horror, man. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Whether it's eye coming out or blood being <laughs> splattered. So you're, you're getting a little bit of everything, man. You're getting a great story. You're getting a comedy. You're getting <laughs> real horror, man. It's, it's <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't pull punches when when the blood starts flowing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. That is so cool, Brian. Well, you you mentioned Thanks. you made a little bit of a, a comment, and maybe I'm reading into it too much, but obviously Wolf and Batsy is your your focus. But have you created other characters and other storylines that you're kind of playing with, or is this your sole focus and you're not really doing too much on the side? Um, well, I only I try to only work on one comic book project at a time. <clears throat> but before I created Wolf and Batsy, I, like I was saying, I did have other little characters and yeah. comics that I did do uh, in college and after college. Um, when I got out of art school, um, I created a a little indie comic. It's barely even worth being called a comic. I mean, I was making copies at Kinko's, you know, yeah, but, yeah, but they were little, they were the little ash cans, you know, they were stapled yeah. and everything, but it was a series called uh, Tales from Blue Sagoth, <laughs> which was what a, well, it was, it was basically a monster comic in science fiction disguise because <laughs> I wasn't, didn't have the brain to do serious science fiction. Yeah. But, yeah. but what I wanted to do was just, have a world where i could draw anything i wanted yeah so so in order to for my excuse for that was to have a bunch of astronauts from earth crash land on an alien planet <laughs> and then they're just wandering around the planet and of course the planet has dinosaurs zombies uh hp <laughs> lovecraft style fish monsters uh you know anything i or you know any crazy kind of monster i wanted to draw uh and the excuse was, well, they crash land on an alien planet. Yeah. <laughs> All these things exist there. So, uh, yeah, so so it was really a monster comic, but 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 it took place on an alien planet. And I did about four issues of that and a couple of short stories. And I, I did them, these little printed ash cans from Kinko's. And I took them to the Chicago Comic Con in 1994 and five uh and sold them got that was my first experience having a table and selling these little books and yeah. believe it or not people i did sell out people would buy them and i mean they were only like a dollar you know but yeah. but people That's would cool. buy people would buy them and come back the next day and say oh i read it in my hotel room that was really funny that was cool um so that was my first experience but i've done other ones like zombie comics little short stories lots of short stories that's cool short horror stories things i would submit to like gore shriek or any of those like anthology black and white horror comics in the late 80s early 90s and of course they were all rejected <laughs> but but i but i i did try i i i have a little stack of horror stories that i did yeah. um from back then um and then and then i've had other projects i've done once i once i created wolf and batsy in 1999 it was sort of like this is my thing yeah. these are my characters this is my brand <laughs> and yeah. and i've chased that um along the way there did come a point where i stopped and i worked on some other things um if you mean professionally or my own project, oh, just your own project. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I have another project that I actually remember when I said the last Wolf and Batsy story, the last big one that I did was in 2017. And yeah. when I, when I finished it right after we finished it, our baby was born. Uh -huh. And then I took a break from Wolf and Batsy. Well, by the time she turned about one and I started to figure out my new schedule <laughs> with a, yeah. with a, with a baby, uh, I got in the mood to work on new comics, but I kind of felt like I needed a break from Wolf and Batsy. And I actually started another project called The Young Necromancers. Really? And I was going to do it as a webcomic. Uh-huh. I had a friend that I knew in animation who did a webcomic, and she put out like two pages a week and and then and then set herself up for donations on Patreon. Yeah. And if yeah. you join if you join Patreon, she would have extra content on there. And she was doing pretty well. She was getting a lot of readers and a lot of 
uh, supporters that way. And I was like, wow, that's cool. You know, so I was going to do, I started working on my own web comic that I was going to try to put out the exact same way. Yeah. And I, it was a 12, 12 chapter story. I was working on chapter six when the alternate thing happened. Oh. And, and Peter Smetti said, would you like me to pick up Wolf and Batsy or, or would you like to have Wolf and Batsy at Alterna? And all of a sudden it was just like, okay, again, you know, priorities, right? Yeah. Like, like this is a project I'm halfway through and I really like it and I'd like to finish it and make it a web comic, but here's a real publisher yeah. that wants to do something now with yeah. the project that I consider my baby, you know, my other baby <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, my monster babies. Yeah. And, uh, and, 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 and plus that material's finished. Yeah. He wants to put it out. So it was like, okay, the young necromancers is going on the back burner and it's yeah. been there ever since. Cause I've just been giving my full devotion to Wolf and Batsy. Is but I keep telling back to it one day. I keep telling myself sooner or later, we're going to get into a stretch of Wolf and Batsy where it's a, one of the longer stories. Yeah. Like yeah. a six part story uh-huh. where all I'm going to have to do for Alterna is make new covers. Yeah. But the pages are all done. And once we get into that, and 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 a lot of this workload is off my plate. Yeah, I might have to go back and finish the Young Necromancers because I, I really did enjoy it. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think it'd be a cool web comic, and it's in full color. I've never really done a full color comic yeah, yeah. before. Most of my stuff has been in black and white. So, so yeah, I think that's. I think I should get that done. <laughs> <laughs> On the list of things you got to accomplish, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I did, and I'm not 100% sure, but didn't you also write a book on how to draw dinosaurs? <laughs> I didn't write it. Um, there was a stretch of time. I think uh-huh. this this would have been 2000. It was around the same time I was working on Tigger and Pooh. Okay. Uh, uh, that kind of 2006 to 2009 uh-huh. period before I went to Hasbro. Um, uh-huh. There was a stretch where there were some dry spells in between the animated animation projects. And a friend of mine who still lived in Ohio that I went to art school with contacted me and he said he had gotten a contract with a publisher called Watson Guphill, mm-hmm. who was putting out these how to draw books, how to draw comic book character type books. Okay. And uh, he, he'd gotten a contract with them to do a book on monsters. Mm. And he wanted to, he, he reached out to me because he's like, he's like, I remember how much you love to draw monsters, you know, let's, let's do it together, you know. So for, for that first one, it was called Scared. I don't know who came up with the title scared <laughs> how to draw horror comics characters. And, yeah. and, and, uh, and uh, we sort of split the, he said, you take first pick and I got to do all the monsters I want to do. And then he kind of did the side ones and he yeah. did all the, he did all the art instructional part and okay. the writing. And then I wrote a big long article for it. That was called the history of horror comics, mm. which I basically wrote off the top of my head because I just, I just was such a horror comic collector my whole life. Wow, I kind of encyclopedia yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I check, I double check my dates on a few yeah. things, but for the most part, I had it. So yeah. I wrote, I wrote about half the book, just that part, the history of horror comics, and then he wrote all the art instructional book stuff, and then that led to Watson Guptill asking me if I'd like to do another one by myself, and I did a science fiction one that were which was really just an excuse to draw aliens for like six months, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I did a fantasy fantasy illustration one uh-huh um and, and then the dinosaur one my friend i did the horror one with he went off and did a dinosaur one but he had me he had me do some illustrations for it that i contributed to it 
So we were sort of mixing and matching. So, but I get a lot of emails from people and a lot of private messages from people who recognize my artwork and they go, Oh my gosh, I had that book when I was in high school or whatever. (laughs) And it's so strange. It's strange for me because I just feel like that was like a six month job where I was just like, (laughs) I was just happy to have an excuse to draw monsters, you know? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I did. I did see the monster one because when I saw that in your bio, I went to it. There was a link that went to, I think, Amazon. Mm-hmm. And there they had like several different ones. And so, yeah. like, oh, wow, he's been really busy on on teaching people how to draw, too. Well, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it was uh, my, my friend that was doing those was more passionate about it than I was. <laughs> <laughs> it was more of a job for you, right? Yeah, it, for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say it was more of a job. I just felt like like he had more passion to be an art instructor right and i yeah. i think i had a little more passion to just be like oh i can get paid to just draw aliens and yeah. <laughs> and monsters for six months great sure let's do it exactly <laughs> that's pretty cool though that's pretty yeah cool. it was fun well awesome brian man that is awesome man i i don't know i i can't believe that uh we were able to cover this um we have uh eight and nine right now indiegogo go to indiegogo just type in alterna the current August um, Indiegogo crowdfunding is there. Again, you're going to get amazing comics for super cheap. It's incredible. Or you could go to alternacomics.com and you could buy it there if you prefer just to go to the website. I actually usually do things just through the website because mm-hmm. I'm always like filling voids of my Alterna collection. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, don't know, I would suggest just go to Alterna Comics and buy it there. It's the same mm-hmm. thing. Um, but then you can pick up other comics or the back issues of Wolf, Wolf and Batsy if you don't have those yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most of them are available. The last time I yeah. looked, it might have been like one maybe that wasn't. But for the most yeah. part, they're there. And and usually there's just a gap where they bring in like, uh, you know, round two of the same uh, print, right? Print number mm-hmm. two, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I also, I have a website. Or I'm sorry. I have a, excuse me. Yeah. I also have a YouTube channel. Oh, okay, I, yeah. I, I've done a few little videos, uh, sort of like trailers, like movie trailers, kind of giving you a sense of what the stories are like and what the art looks like. So That's if cool. you go to my my YouTube channel, you can see uh, more video information on the specific stories. First and last name? Uh, Brian Baugh Art. <laughs> oh, Brian Baugh Art. Okay. Is my, is, and, is my YouTube channel. And then Baugh is B-A-U-G-H. That's right. B R B R Y A N N. Yeah, I had a friend that uh, his name is Brian too, and it's B R Y A N. And I've yeah. never seen someone get so disappointed <laughs> when someone else spells the name B R I A N. Disappointment in his face <laughs> made me really be careful when I wrote your name down because <laughs> I didn't want to get it wrong. And then the last name, the way it's pronounced, um, doesn't sound like it the way you write. Right. So I want to make sure. So it's B R Y A N B A U G H Art. Um, yes. YouTube. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. That's kind of fun though, to be able to do your own uh um animated uh version of Wolf and Batsy after you've done it for all these companies for so long. <laughs> yeah, well, um uh you know, Pete really urged me to do that. You know, he's talked a lot about how YouTube is a great way to promote and 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 dig into the books a little bit and show potential readers what it's about and make you know they can make a better decision if they like it or not that way. And so it was one of those things where I was like, do I have to? But once I started, once I started doing it, it actually was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, and I make my own music for it and everything and, <laughs> and make them like little movie trailers. And so you can yeah. kind of go on there and kind of see what they look like. 
Yeah, Are you so, like uh, right next to a computer playing an organ or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Probably not, right? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that is so cool, man. Well, Brian, I can't tell you how much I appreciate meeting you. I am a fan. Um, oh. <laughs> so I really appreciate getting to meet you, getting to interview you. I'm also a big fan of Alterna Comics, and, and Pete has been so nice. Um, so yeah, just thank you for joining again. Oh. Make sure you go to Indiegogo, um, go to Alterna Comics, make sure you pick up the August crowdfunding. That way you get your issues eight and nine, and then go to alternacomics.com if you want to buy it there, or make sure that you're picking up both and Batsy one through seven. Uh, <laughs> but Brian, is there anything else that we should be covering that we haven't so far? I feel like we uh, we covered quite a bit about Brian, man. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Any gaps like that you wanted to share? Or is there anything coming up that you wanted to mention? Or, um, no, it's all about Wolf and Batsy right now. Um, I'm just real excited about this new story arc uh, that yeah. starts with issues eight and nine. It's a it's a sort of sequel to uh, uh, the previous issues one through six. Um, uh, one of the funny things that happens is you know the whole the whole premise of the Wolf and Batsy series is they are a werewolf and a vampire wandering the earth looking for a place to call home. Yeah, yeah. But everywhere they go, they end up eating people and getting run out of town. That'll do that, you know? But what happens is in issue six, they actually find a home. Yeah. And, and so, you know, does that mean the story is over? No, because <laughs> there's always a complication, right? So, right? so, so the new story in, in, uh, issue starting in issue eight and nine is uh, -huh. uh the story of of what happens that puts them back on the road again <laughs> and uh, it's kind 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 of a disaster <laughs> which is so much fun to draw <laughs> oh i love it i love it so is uh eight nine ten and eleven is that the next arc is it a four-part yeah, four-part arc yeah and you're getting the first half already in the august pre-orders well that's so, pretty awesome that yeah. you're uh dropping two at the same time yeah because you know i get so into it right and you know 25 26 pages yeah. you know 15 20 minutes later you're done and like oh i gotta wait till the next yeah. so it's kind of cool to get two in a row well part of that was because remember i said uh we were talking about um the schedule and and yeah. pete has talked about possibly taking uh the next um uh, uh the next month off gotcha, give, yeah. giving everybody a little break yeah gives all of us a chance to catch up yeah. you know um but i thought well you know uh, why not put out two issues <laughs> to cover the gap? You know, like, like, like if, if, if we were, if we were doing it regularly, if we weren't taking that little break, I'd be putting out eight now and nine, then why not just put out eight and nine together? And then you got both to hold you over. Exactly. Yeah. We get back on the regular schedule. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, very good. Mr. Brian, again, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on. I hope we could do this again. Yeah, absolutely. The, the next uh, crowdfunding, uh, or if there's sure. something else that you got going on, sure. uh, you're welcome here anytime, but man, I can't tell you how much I appreciate me. Oh man. Thanks for having me. Oh yeah, man. Wolf and Batsy. <laughs> uh, got to read it. It will not disappoint. You're going to enjoy it. There it goes. There it goes. <laughs> monsters 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 <laughs> yes monsters monsters man all right mr brian well i appreciate you thank you for joining and uh until next time my friend have a great rest of your week you too have all a right. good one <laughs>